This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Right back in the saddle. Game day. Toronto Maple Leafs skated this morning at the Ford Performance Center ahead of their matchup with the Buffalo Sabres. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, David Sig. Nope. Did I screw it up? <laughs> what the hell's your last name? Sis. Sis means short for Sisyphus because you're going to be pushing that rock up the hill every day trying to remember. And they were in Buffalo. I screwed up that too. So. Nick Kiprios. You got that part right. Take two. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Real Kipper and Born Show. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, <laughs> Derek Brandeo, David Sis Boomba. <laughs> yes. How's that? Yes. Better? Nicely uh, done. God, I hope he sticks around long enough this time to like so I can kind of lock that in. <laughs> it's right. I like his odds. And Sammy McKee. The Leafs uh, skated in Buffalo this morning, by the way. Not at the Ford Performance Center like I put in the oh lineup. Like a <laughs> Where did you get that from? I Boys, I, I, let's just move past you it. You know I'm Will Ferrell. I'll just read it if it's there. I know. And I was thinking about it. As soon as you started saying it, I'm like. That's Whale's vagina. <laughs> I was like, that's just not right. That's just not right. I screwed you over. It's my bad. Sorry, bud. No, no, it's my fault. You know why? Because I almost never read your stuff. <laughs> I don't know why today I decided to read it. Uh, it's all right. Wherever you're watching me screw up the intro, we're glad you're <laughs> aboard. Sportsnet 590, The Fan, our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify, side of a building, everywhere, under a bridge, wherever you are, we're glad you're and, aboard. And getting ratioed by our own Sportsnet uh, Twitter account. We did. We did. We got. I don't know if you saw this, Kip. No. What? The, the Sportsnet account tweeted out a clip from our show yesterday, and in fairness, they clipped a thing we said, and they tweeted the thing we said, which you mentioned, which was, worst case scenario is this is Nick Felino too, is the whole is the tweet, and so we got just killed, killed, killed for negativity, murdered. Where if you listen to the show, I was here with pom poms. I thought we had and a very Kip likes it. I thought we had a very rational fair conversation Listen, and that's what they tweet i don't think it's nick <laughs> felino too i'm saying the scenario is worst case that ontario you've given that's up a ton of prospect or uh futures for a ufa they lose in the first round and it is nick felino too that's the worst case scenario sure i'm you, just stating the you obvious set, you set the range of parameters yes and most people thought we talked about the bottom parameter. Are we not allowed to mention that that could be a worst case scenario? Are we not allowed to? Oh, it's, we're allowed to. Okay, then what's everybody <laughs> getting over? Uh, but listen, it, it gets it gets the people it going. Gets, <laughs> it's provocative. <laughs> you can't even think that. No, no. Oh, not if you're true is, blue and white. This is Sam's Leaf Nation, by the way. I don't know, man. Oh, no, listen, we're, Sam's, no, we're, Sammy's. I know. They've, they're on Sam's negativity oh, lately, the, too. The, I've been getting killed recently for being Mr. Negative. Oh, Kipper's rubbing oh, off on you. Oh, oh. That's what you're getting? Oh, people are killing me constantly, Kipper. It's like, you know, I just didn't love the trade. It's like, you idiot. Ah, how dare you have an opinion? You're looking for clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, we do not get paid by the click. No, yeah, it's like, no, I said my opinion on an opinion website. That's what happened. 
Anyways. We should clarify that, you know, you can disagree with a sports opinion without making it personal. Sammy is he's sensitive. Oh, the one th- oh, no, I do not agree. No, I know you're the not. One you're thing not at all. That has been established early in this trade, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Happy, right? let's do it. That when you give up the the draft picks that the Leafs had for for a big trade. Yeah. It should come in with definitive this is who he is. This is where he's playing. And no, th- th- no, no, disagree. So if if they were to have gone out and spent a first, a second, a third, or fourth on a defenseman, you would be still questioning where he would be slotted in. Like we are questioning already uh, a couple of games in where Ryan O'Reilly's best fit is. No, see, it's how you frame it. To me, it's versatility. To me, you have the option to do different things. You have the option to load up your top six. You have the option to run three centers. You have the option for Achari to play center, the option yeah. for him to play the wing. In a playoff, four playoff rounds, you expect to see different opponents. You might have to do different things. I think to me, it's options. It's not but there's no a get, lack of clarity. But, but, there, but some could be more successful than others. For, yes. Some will but be more not successful. Not necessarily than if you went out and traded for Chikrin or Gabrikov. You know, he's going to be on the left side. He's going to play top four. He'll kill penalties. He'll. Uh, that be, is a much simpler right? trade simpler. to process, and you know That's what all you're I'm getting. To say. Yeah, it's is simpler. It's, it's a little more complex right yeah. now. And already, do we, we do find, and this isn't us leading the narrative here. No. There are some people that don't like Tavares and. O'Reilly on the same line. For sure. I would say most of the, and I air quote hockey people on this, don't. To be fair, though, I mean, they traded for a center and he's playing center. It's not uh, O'Reilly, right? It's not like, you know, you're talking about them not knowing what they're doing with him. He is playing his natural position. It's just that they happen to bump the captain off the team. The captain, the 33-year-old captain who's never played wing. Which is a little bit of a story now. I absolutely think it's a story. I think... There's a lot of ways you can take that if you're looking at it from a 10,000 feet view. No, in that's terms not of, us trying to get, uh, what do you call it, clickbait? Yeah. No, it's yeah. a real conversation. We expect uh, the same lineup that we saw in Chicago, mm-hmm. which includes Tavares on the wing. Let's go to Sheldon Key for our first Kippers Clipper. I think he's adjusted fine. You know, I think uh, I've gone back and I've watched all the all the shifts um, for that line in two two games and trying to trying to see you know if there's something there that maybe there's some difficulty or anything like that. And I don't see that. He's handled plays on the wall really well. Um, so to that end, I think he's done a really good job. First of all, being uh, embracing it and, and and going with it, and uh, the advantages. I think it's it's less of a workload. You know, you don't have to skate as much up and down the rink and getting all the way back. Um, so, you know, to that end, I think there's there's some there's some uh, advantages for anybody that plays on the wing there uh, that can help them help them on offense, especially, but just more just to have a little extra gas in the tank. That clip brought to you by Ketamine. Is he okay? A little life in his voice here? Yeesh. Uh, you like it? No, it's just like, I don't know. I, Listen, I am, I, I'm going to say something very bad for our show. Let's go. But I, I think he's talking too much. <laughs> just in general? Coach is going to keep his mouth shut. Not just in general. 
Yeah, I'd like more of that. <laughs> no, no, stop that. Kipper, what are you doing? Yeah. Kipper, we got to grind no, no, to the I'm end not, here. I'm not <laughs> speaking as a broadcaster. I'm yeah. speaking as a hockey guy that would yeah. prefer him to keep his cards closer mm-hmm. on a lot of things, including even Tavares and where he sees him short-term and long-term. Yeah. And that leads me to our next clip, and I want to play it, and then I'm going to come out and explain where I'm coming from. All right. Okay, like I said here, this is something that, you know, we would have tried and want, would have wanted to try at some point, and, and I just like the ability to go to go right to it here now. And, and as I told John when we first made this move, that it's something that it's going to be a one-off or anything like that. We're going to stay with it for a little bit and give it some some time to, to come together. Uh, I, I actually thought that they had uh, a good night the other night. I'm going to look at some of their offensive chances. They're really close. Look to me like a group that's close to breaking out, and you know we'll uh, see how it is tonight. But uh, you know I think those guys have. I see them talking lots and um, see great chemistry there that way. So you know we'll stay with it. Okay, I appreciate his honesty, especially for our show, because he gives us so much. Right. But I don't see, and maybe you or Sammy can explain to me, why you have to reveal your cards that Tavares on the left side is not a one-off, that Mm -hmm. this is where I want to go, and I'm shooting for the top, and this is the way I'm going to see success. And in the event that you don't get it and you've got to kind of come up with plan B, then there's less people like you and Sammy to throw it in his face and say, you made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's actually, no. there's no, it, it is, it is weird to, especially as a guy that's such a tinkerer in game for him to come out and make these like definitive comments on sticking with it for a while. Listen, we just saw Kyle do his, blatantly lie to everyone about not wanting to do a yeah. rental and doing the big double rental in fact so i think maybe he's just saying this maybe just to hear the sound of his own voice getting back to your point about talking right, too right much when it happened there's a quote today anthony petrelli he's a good writer for a maple leafs hot stove i like his stuff uh he mentioned he had a, a quote from keith like right when the trade happened he says it gives me a lot of options i expect between now and the end of the regular season we will try a number of different things we will try to get a a feel for what our best mix is and b potential adjustments and looks we can throw out depending on what the game or opponent calls for. which should lead to sheldon saying and we're going to try a lot of different things. We're, I'm just right. watching and observing. And you don't Starting have with to say, look. you do not have to say it's not a one-off. You don't have to say, uh, I'm. this is something that I believe in. This is th- something that I want to go to right now. Yeah. Because everything underneath it is potentially waiting for you as a plan B. Mm-hmm. I just, it's the same thing with the five forwards. Just hey, shift to shift, game to game. That's all we're focused on, and I'm not. I'm not saying anything else. And that way, the expectations aren't there for somebody to turn around and say, "Yeah, you, know, you wasted a two weeks on this. It was never going to work." It does go to show how you end up with guys like Daryl Sutter or just some veteran veteran guys who just don't give you anything because you're kind of right. You know, like managing expectations is such a huge part of that role. Yeah. And so, yeah, there is part of that for me where maybe it is better. I did want to weigh in on JT on the wing, just in general. Uh, 
please go ahead because I got a ton that uh, he, he Sheldon revealed to me. Yeah, okay. In that quote. So two things uh, I think. One is that I don't like it. I don't like him as a winger. <laughs> okay. Two is that I thought that line with O'Reilly and Marner, he said they look close to breaking out. I see. I saw that too. I saw a lot of ticky-tack little stuff in the offensive zone that was like inches away. JT going on the back door, almost put away an O'Reilly pass. There was a post. There was they. I could see what you would like about this group. All the good sticks and little passes and smart guys. I can see what you would like there. Yes. Don't like Tavares in the wing. Yeah. Like, they, they, they play in small I mean, areas very well. That's exactly what I see. Like, no one's zipping around, but no. they're tick, 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 yes. and guys are going, you know. Which could be great in the playoffs, in yep. small areas, and tight checking. All and you maybe need they is go a, to that when they need one. All you need is a, uh, a split second where you're kind of uh, in and out of a one-foot radius, mm-hmm. and boom, it's in the net, yeah. right? The one thing, again where I just don't think Sheldon needed to go. And you know what? Can you play the clip one more time for me on Tavares on the wing, please, and see if you can pick it up? Yep. I think he's adjusted fine. You know, I think uh, I've gone back and I've watched all the all the shifts um, for that line in two, two games and trying to trying to see, you know, if there's something there that maybe there's some difficulty or anything like that, and I, and I don't see that. He's handled plays on the wall really well. Um, so to that end, I think he's done a really good job. First of all, being uh, embracing it and, and and going with it, and uh, the advantages. I think it's it's less of a workload. You know, you don't have to skate as much up and down the rink and getting all the way back. Um, so you know, to that end, I think there's there's some there's some uh, advantages for anybody that plays on the wing there uh, that can help them help them on offense especially, but just more just to have a little extra gas in the tank. Is that last part, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. It's the workload. Don't you don't know, have to if, skate as much. If, if I'm John Tavares, I don't necessarily want my head coach telling me that he's he he, he doesn't think I can handle a workload. Or it's, I, I it's need less of a workload. I, I need a position where uh, it's not as much skating. Yeah. Because now you're telling me that yeah, skating's a bit of an issue here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I I thought that at the end was a bit. You know, we all know that. We know that there's less skating at wing. That's why people have talked about Tavares as a potential winger. I think that's a part of the assumption of why you would want to do it. But yeah, I'm with you. You, you wouldn't want, wouldn't want to hear that about yourself. Like, yeah, Justin, you know, he's got him in a spot where he doesn't have to do the thing he's not very good at. Don't, don't you think he's talking it out? Like it's not a demotion. Like every time he's talking about it, it's like, Oh, he's looked great over there. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we like what he does over there. You know, just trying to keep his workload yes. down or whatever. It's like, yeah. isn't this guy the $11 million captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, wouldn't you want him to be able to and handle the workload? Isn't that kind of the point? The yeah. other thing is, before any of you on that real stupid Kipper and Bourne show start saying that, uh, you know, he could have his nose out of joint, I'm telling you right now, he's embracing he's it. He's embracing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's getting, it's like he's Open arms. trying to get ahead of uh, no distraction here. But it is a fair question. A hundred percent. And it's smart to mention it first. I'm not saying it's, it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. a dumb move. No, yeah, yeah. But you're not flying that one by us on this show. Do you think it would bother him? I I don't know how it doesn't. Don't know how it doesn't. With I'm with Sammy here. Yeah. Right. You're uh, one of the top paid centermen in the league at 11 yeah. million bucks. I think, for the most part, 
He's spent his whole career being that franchise face of the New York Islanders, number one center, no questions asked. He comes here. Only only in Toronto do you find someone that makes more money in your position than $11 million. I think he's settled in quite nicely to be the second guy behind Austin Matthews. But now you've lost that job. Mm-hmm. And that's your natural position. And I get that uh, we've seen him on the wing on occasion. Certainly uh, instrumental way back in the Olympics when he never stood as a number one or two guy on a Team Canada and gladly one of those star players, much like Taves, I think I remember in Vancouver, where you take on different roles. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Eric Stahl went through that. There's a few others that you know that they're they're number one positions on their respective club, but when you go to a a Team Canada for an Olympic gold, you're going to take on a lesser role. You're going to find your your checking role. That's all fine and dandy, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, and so the only difference for me would be that you know, the one thing really missing for him in his career is a Stanley Cup, right? That's the thing. He's done individual accolades, you know, all-star yeah. games, Olympic gold, all that sort of stuff. And he wakes up the morning of the trade and he finds out Ryan O'Reilly's there. And the chance to play with, yeah. all of a sudden but, your line is O'Reilly and Marner and not Kerfoot and Marner. And yeah. I think you go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's get this thing. Let's get this cup, okay? Like, I can see him being more excited about what it could do for his chances of winning a cup. Now, let me ask offended. you something. Def, I mean, that's, I think that's a fair counter. That, like, you know, it's not like he's getting moved over for Nola Chari here. Right. He's do getting you, moved, oh, go ahead. Kevin, do go. you think Kyle or, or Sheldon would have had a discussion with John Tavares? Because oh, yes. I, I was kind of led to believe that the thought of him going to wing, it, Sheldon gave us the impression that the, the thought of, JT playing the wing was there even well before they traded for Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Did you get that impression? In that particular clip, I don't know that I got that impression, but I could see how you could take that. that, that. that it, He's mentioned it before in the past, though. Yeah. like he, Mostly in response to questions from people like our own Luke Fox, right? Of course. But no, he has mentioned, like, it, it's not the first time that it's been brought up. And I'll, I often remember, too, that one time... We maybe had mentioned it too with a certain guy I'm, that played. The, the only thing I'm, I'm trying to get to is that the moment, the moment, the trade is made, would that have been something that Tavares was preparing for? Would he have known that the moment they traded for Ryan O'Reilly, I'm I'm heading over to the left side, or would that have been still uh, a real sit down with your captain, and then the 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 process would have started like this. John, we just traded for Ryan O'Reilly. I want him in the second hole, and we're going to bump you on the left side, and I hope you're okay with it. Would that have been more of a, a realistic scenario? You know, I could, yeah, I could see a scenario where they say, okay, we know we're going to call in Tavares. They're talking about the lines, because I don't know how early they would know they got O'Reilly, but not much before they announced the trade, presumably. And I think you sit down and go, what does it look like when we have him? You call in Tavares and you say, here's one thing we think might help you. You know, we give you the the chance to play with this guy. And what do you think? You know, and let him kind of have his say. Do you think if Tavares was smashing pitcher frames in the office, they wouldn't have said, all right, okay, you can have a line. 
You can be the guy. Like I'm sure yeah, there was a, some. That's, that's interesting. You know, yeah. some sort of cooperation on it. Doesn't appear to be that type of guy. Uh, frame smasher. Yeah. No. I I think that they know who John Tavares is in terms of like I don't think there's a lot of guys in the league that they would even bridge this with. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think they were worried about this conversation with John Tavares. A guy is a is there a more professional, consummate professional kind of guy in the league that. He, Deep down, maybe when he goes home, he has a conversation with his loved one saying that it pisses him off a little bit. Stalking us, yeah. But he would never, ever let it show to the media, to his teammates, to his coach, to anything. He just really feels like, you know, whatever is best for the team, I will do. Don't you guys agree? Like, I I don't think there's a lot of guys you can bridge that with. It's a credit to I do agree. I do agree, but I understand competitive elite guys and wanting their, you know, look at making sure that they're – Doing what they want to be doing. But I I, could, I think he's at that point in his career. But, again, speculation, Your Honor. I think there's a, a fine line, too, because there there is the pride factor here for John Tavares mm-hmm. that he's still a top centerman. And he is the captain of this team. And Ryan O'Reilly comes in as a, a captain-like yeah. leadership. Does, does it look in a week or two like this is more O'Reilly's team than it is John Tavares's team no based on based on uh your thought of hey I'll do whatever it takes for the team I don't think so you mean one thing he did mention Sheldon that they you know the the line itself looked like they had chemistry looked like they were talking looked like they were working through this like I don't think you resent someone and you sit there and really do your best to make it work with them like I don't know it it but there is something to be said that th- this guy knows the secret sauce to winning and this guy's still learning yeah. I mean, that's part of why you trade for Nick Felino and you trade for Ryan O'Reilly. And who did they trade for the year before? It was another captain. No, but there's only well, there's, Giordano. But there's one guy that, that won a Stanley Cup here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I, I guess. You know, like, I, I, I see what you, what you mean, but, like, I just feel they've got a good player. They want to win. I don't think that anyone's going to take their individual stuff and pout about it. And I'll be interested, though, like, because he said they're going to, you know, it's not a one-off, but... I don't. I think they'll probably be off Wednesday after tonight's game, and then they'll probably practice again Thursday, travel day. That may, that makes sense, right? Even though it's from Buffalo, it's a two-hour drive. But um, I bet, I bet we see a different lineup on Friday against the Wild. Like I'm not convinced that he's going to stick with this after tonight. I think result dependent still. Like, what if they go out and pour three in tonight as a line? You know, like they're, they're yeah. No, so. you're probably right. But like, I just if they have another similar night that they had in the last. Yeah, but you don't understand though. Uh, Sammy, if you are correct, it doesn't make Sheldon look good to tell everybody on a on a Tuesday that it's not a one-off, and then you're changing it by Friday. No, you're right. It's a, I mean, going back to your point of talking too much, maybe. It's it's a part of the plan. I feel like this is the creating options, finding out what your optimal lineup is, finding out what you have behind that. You know, this is actually yesterday. I made a brilliant point, let me just say, oh, about... Um, we'll decide that. <laughs> <laughs> about putting Riley, Ryan O'Reilly in a position around leaders on the team where, you know, you're a part of the big moments and the systems and communication and, and you're in with the core guys on the team. Sheldon talked about putting him and Achari in that mix. Uh, let's listen to that clip. We're going you know, to have you know, two of our leaders alongside O'Reilly in particular, and then even with Kerfoot, with Achari, you know, Kerf in particular has been here a long time. 
another guy that talks a lot, uh, smart player. You know, keep them alongside each other in the penalty kill as well. Uh, so I think with the no practice time and even even without that, just a quick turnaround coming from one team to the next and playing right in games, uh, I think it's important to to have you know to utilize that. You know, the, the, utilize your leaders, utilize your guys that are the best communicators, and and you know, in Riley's case, some of our best players. So I think. All of that helps. And then, as we talked about even before we made the trade, you know, I've, I've been wanting to see Yarncroft, Engvall, and Kerfoot, or excuse me, uh, Camp as a line. So that in itself has given me more time to, to see that play out. And, and I thought those guys were uh, uh, exceptional in Montreal. Uh, maybe not as good in Chicago, um, but still, uh, I think there are some things to like about it there too. And then the Achari group uh, has has you know it's the best our fourth line has looked in you know all season he almost said since i've been here but he caught himself short he loves achari loves yeah i'm with him we should find i should dig up that clip from i had from yesterday that we never played of him talking about achari and like i don't know if he's talked as glowingly about someone i'll try to find just one more thought on on loading up because that's what it is it's loading up your first two and you know in that quote we just heard from, there's also the fact that he loves Camp, Engvall, and Yarncroft. That's his third line. Again, the danger is that the chemistry isn't great yeah. with Tavares and O'Reilly, and that forces you to change two lines, mm-hmm. not one, mm-hmm. because that'll affect the third line, which would also mean that my vision uh, you know, didn't come to fruition. Yeah. You know, I I think... Do we want to hear the clip of him talking about Achari from uh, yesterday? One sec, one sec on that. Um, The, you know, the the way I see these lines playing out, I don't love... The reason I said at the top of the show that I don't love Tavares in that spot is because, to me, the huge advantage you gain by having O'Reilly is a third line centered by Ryan O'Reilly. And if it's with Engvall and Yarncroc or Kerfoot or whoever, they're going to get a couple for you over the course of a series. Like a, a few. Yes. And this, they just haven't gotten that in any series. Columbus, Montreal, Tampa, Boston, like they've never had depth scoring in the playoffs. And I love the idea of them being able to have an, a third line who gets one when the other two lines are going toe-to-toe. Was it Hitch who's talked about the top two yes. lines sawing off? Yeah. You're going to saw off with Kerfoot, Engvall, and Camp too, or whatever the yes. third line is. Yeah. You're going to saw off with that line. Whatever any other great team's third line is, it's going to look something like that. O'Reilly lets you have an advantage yeah. there. Yeah. Whereas if you have Marner and Tavares together, Willie and Austin together, you've got something on every line for me. And agree. The, Love it. The, the, the brilliant comment you made wasn't the one that you just <laughs> oh, mentioned. Really? Okay. You know which one it was? Which one? I don't know when you said it. Two shows ago, maybe. That the tendency for Sheldon is to go big right away. Mm-hmm. And the best example over the last few years is throwing... Joe Thornton with the big boys right away. Yeah. And just trying to drive that thing right through. Yeah. And it it just square peg, round hole. Yeah. It and never happened. No one ever really saw that. And now you're you're backpedaling. Mm-hmm. And that kind of feels the same way for me that I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. I really do. That you find Tavares, O'Reilly, and Marner as a very tough line to play against. Tampa Bay hopefully finds that out. 
you're set on your third and it's a non-issue. Yeah. And there's a, there's still a possibility that may happen. But if it doesn't, now you're in a little bit of a backstroke. How would you feel? Go ahead, oh, Sammy. He also did it with Michael Bunting, too, last year, if you remember. Yeah, right? well, he Nick start, Ritchie, too, though, right? Yeah, started them in the big spot right away and then had to demote them and then had to put them back up. Obviously, yeah. Ritchie ended up in Phoenix, but... I, yeah. I think it is a bit of a thing that he tends to do. Maybe he just gets a little bit excited like the rest of us. Well, wants to yeah. see the shiny new toy you in know, a big let's spot. see what this thing can do yeah. sort of thing. Just go open it up on the highway before you drive it around yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. All right. Uh, just to touch base on the rest of the show, Gary Galley will be joining us in about 15, 20 minutes. And in the second hour, Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, not too long ago, a lot of people, uh, and uh, I'd be one included, that, uh, you know, question Kevin Adams, inexperienced, coming in, uh, where is this team going, had a huge anchor around his neck with Jack Eichel, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm the first one to say that this guy's done a hell of a job up until now. Yeah. There's some really good pieces in there. Hedging contracts has been another strength uh, that we saw through Tage Thompson. And Cousins, most recently, yeah, he's going to be joining us in the second hour, and we'll get uh, a real in-depth look at uh, the Buffalo Sabres, which will be great. Just looking at their draft, I mean, they're they're cap friendly and their draft picks and everything. Like, they are they don't have other than Jeff Skinner, who is on pace for thirty goals again this year. So it's yeah. a bit of an overpay. Outside of that, it's in really good shape. Like, well, how they much are longer is Skinner for? A while, uh, uh, quite a while. Twenty six, twenty seven at nine mil. Really? Yeah. But he's got 30 goals. He's no, I, I, yeah. Like, he still scores. He's still a decent hockey player. He's not a $9 million hockey player, obviously. But, like, he's not a complete... What's he have left? He's got... Till 2027. Till 2027. At 9 mil. You, there's still room there for uh, for that maybe not to play out. They, shouldn't, they wouldn't be in a position to move him now mm. because they're so close. And I mm. think you owe it to the fans to push... That might be one of those contracts in the last few years. You eat 25% of it, and someone's willing to take some scoring help uh, mm-hmm. at, at a couple of years left at uh, seven, yeah, six and a half. Yeah, cap goes up. His hit goes down with some retention. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's yeah. like, yeah, we'll take Jeff Skinner at six. No, they, they're in good shape, Sabres. All right, Anyways. which leads us to Sheldon uh, hoping that his team rebounds off of that loss against Chicago against uh, a team that we assume is going to be very hungry against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's have a listen. Incredible skill, speed, um, both on forward and defense. So an exciting team to watch that way, but a dangerous team to to play against. Um, I thought when we played them back in November, I thought we did an exceptional job of defending, and that's going to be required tonight. You know, the top five team in the NHL in goal scoring, even strength, power plays dangerous. Lots of guys that can score different lines. I mean, they get two first overall picks on the back end and a number of top picks on forward and I don't know how many first round picks there are total on the team but there's a ton of talent uh, on the team that's taken a big step and as you say is, is right there in the thick of the playoff push and in fact in a win percentage I think they're in as of today but uh, uh, yeah it's a, it's a teamwork certainly going to have to be prepared for in all facets. I'm expecting a really good game tonight. It's going to be fun. By the way, find someone that loves you the way that Sheldon Keefe loves every team they play against. That's why I love (laughs) 
have playing the clips that he has about the other team because he says good things about them all the time. Yeah, like, they're the best. Arizona oh. coming great off the rush. Oh yeah, just dangerous. Dude, they're actually you guys don't know this. He's actually <laughs> they're actually number one in left hand shooters from the slot on the weekend scoring on backup goalies. I don't think anyone knows that. On <laughs> an afternoon game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly though that's a team special. <laughs> that this is always David and Goliath, and we saw what they did to them last year. Yeah. Oh, the, I think the Leafs are two and three in their last five against Buffalo. One and three last year. They beat them pretty good. Early it, this yeah, this year. year they beat them five soundly. two or six two, wasn't it? Yeah, they beat them pretty good. Um, but yeah, the, so the one thing about the, the Sabers team, they remind me of the 2018 Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, rough thereabouts, I think, where they had all the skill and people were excited, and here come the Leafs, and they score at will. I think the Sabers are third in the NHL in goals. And they just can't defend a lick. Yeah. They don't even try to defend. They're like, you know, 30th in goals against, third in goals for, you know, top team in power play, 31st in penalty killing. Like, everything goes one way. It's a track meet against the Sabres. What's the over-under tonight? 11. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what it really is. Seven, maybe? So I don't want to necessarily shoot my shot here, but um, Austin Matthews does not like Dallin. Hates Dallin. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to say that Austin Matthews is going to get in a fight tonight, <laughs> but you want some uh, I, animosity. I will be, I am predicting some serious animosity between Austin Matthews and Rasmus Dallin. I would welcome that God, big lovely. time. That'd and, be lovely. And Dylan Cousins, he, he got after, in that outdoor game, he got after Matthews pretty good. I get the feeling that you're watching this team play that they're not really afraid of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I think they really kind of, you know, Take this as a big opportunity to show what they're what they're about. Like this is a big week for Young them. Young and foolish. Yeah, like I just really excited for tonight. It's not. I'm not. God, I gotta tell you, after the last five games, Montreal, Chicago, I don't know who else they played. Rockport. This is this is good. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to a Sabres matchup here. Albany River Rats. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, oh, there, there no is, tonight. There is way. that. Sorry, uh, Sandy. Yeah, oh, the continuous storyline of Leafs underachieving against the worst teams in the league. A loss tonight would just pour gasoline on that, would it not? I'm going to be honest. I'm invested in tonight's outcome. Like, I'll be very disappointed if we're covering a Leafs loss tomorrow. I I don't think the Leafs are looking at this as... I don't think this is the let-up spot. No. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to have a good reaction to the loss against Chicago. Yeah. I do too. And the Sabres are a good enough team that they know they have to take it seriously. Yeah, it's, it's actually the perfect yes. spot for Leafs success. Coming off a little bit of a, a wrist whack, or is that what we're saying now? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I can't say the other one. All right. Um, coming <laughs> off one of those, and then you play a fairly good team. You've got O'Reilly. Like There should be some excitement here. And they know that this team is an up-and-comer and probably thinks they're pretty good. This is the cub coming at the lion yeah. king here. We have a whole bunch with, of quotes. With the game in Buffalo, the Sabres would want to score a goal early to take the crowd out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. It should be about 50-50 tonight. 50-50. I bet you it's more than that. Oh, I think oh, you it's guys think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really blue and white. Yeah. Like, I went in, when was that, October, late October. I went to Buffalo, and it was half empty. Tickets on like a sat- 75 bucks on a, or On a Saturday night, it was half empty, yeah. so... Like, you know, I think there'll be Leafs Nation will be well represented at the Key Bank Center. Oh, good chance to see uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari. The great Nola Chari. Yeah. Do, do you guys want to hear the clip of Keith talking about Achari? Sure. Let's yes. go to it. Yeah. 
Just a reliable and responsible player on both sides of the puck, offensively, defensively. He just plays a very hard and simple offensive game, but yet plays with confidence and plays with his head up to make a play. Uh, obviously gets rewarded tonight going around the net, but he's been around the net in both games. And then defensively, just in good spots, has an incredible defensive stick, and he's just really heavy and hard on the puck. So when he when he pushes on you, or leans on you, you stop generally. So very, very, very encouraged what we've seen from him. Okay, before we comment on that, let's piggyback Nolachari on the Leafs having interest, and then we'll lump it all together. I understand that the Leafs maybe had some interest in you as a free agent too. Did, were, were you aware of that? Is that yeah? Is that true? Yeah, we, we were talking. You were talking yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. There was always possibility that it'd be a Maple Leaf, and you know, here I am now. So, uh, shout out our boy Luke Fox, intrepid reporter. That was not on camera. That so he had to send me that audio. So I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Okay. So why wasn't he a Leaf? He's at one point. Two five. That's what it is to me. Is when you're a guy making close to a million bucks, and someone says they'll give you one point two five instead of one point one five, you take the hundred thousand dollars and go somewhere else. That's fine if you're a Chari. Yeah. Give me an explanation on the Leafs not, not ponying up. Ponying up. No, 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 no. Let's go another level here. Who's the guy that said uh, no Achari, but let's go. Two million times four for Yarn Croc. I would take Noel Achari all day long over Yarn Croc. Wow. All day long. Wow. Bold. I mean, Yarn Croc's got like five 15 goal seasons or something in the league. I don't care. That guy does not play hard like Mid. Noel Achari's already showed me. <laughs> that guy, Achari's more playoff built than Yarn Croc will ever be. I got news for you. I agree. Yeah, I listen. Two million. I'm more on the. I don't mind the A hundred thousand over one one to one two. Like why? Why? How about the quotes from Keith? He's like, and he's handsome and intelligent. Oh you should I, see him solve a Rubik's I, cube. I, yeah, he's like, but he's, he's not worth one five one seven to sign him. Actually, that is a really good point. If you guys value this and knew you were looking for this and couldn't find it, I need to trade a second round pick to yes, get him at the deadline. Thank you. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I can't disagree with you at all on this. And I mean, who else did they sign this offseason? I guess they signed Yarn Croc. Was there? Who are the minimum guys that they brought in? Talented guy. Aston I Reese. Aston Reese took eight hundred. Were Crocs. they that tight against the cap? Maybe they were. Yeah. Young Croc's a serviceable oh, NHL yeah. player. Oh, I, I like Young Croc. I think more I, than you. Obey Kubel. I don't. Oh. I'm not saying that Young Croc's completely useless here. No, no. I'm just saying. You're saying at two point two five. If you're talking about battling Tampa and Boston. Chari all day long mm-hmm. over Yarn Croc. That's all. It's funny. We, we talked the other day about like where imagine imagining a third line depth guy getting you a big goal. No one suggested the guy they just signed for four years to be in that spot. <laughs> I could see it being a Chari getting a big goal. I already love him. I'm like Keith. I watch two games. I'm like, yes. oh, he's big. Ooh, and, does, he's strong. Is that, are we and, doing the Holmberg thing here again though? Or is he... Oh, my God. No, I know, no. I know. Come on. I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Top five hitter, too, right? Yeah. In the league. Yeah, he runs into everyone. He's got some weight to him, too. When you run into him, you generally stop. We didn't. The for coach. the second 
day in a row we didn't get to all the clips in their first 40 minutes. No, but we're gonna. We're gonna let you listen to Ryan O'Reilly at the end of the show. All right, good. Can't get enough of that. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're gonna take a quick break. And we're gonna bring back uh, Gary Galley, former NHLer. Hockey Night in Canada broadcaster, one of the best out there. I love listening to him, and we've got him after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Sammy, too. <laughs> and Bourne. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kimbrough's Justin Bourne. Going to track down Gary Galley. One of our favorites. And I'm not. I, we still owe him an apology for last time he was on. What happened last time? We asked we him, him about on. every team in Canada. It's <laughs> like, give us a synopsis <laughs> of Ottawa. And he was like, yeah, here's what's going on. We really, it was like a pop quiz. Really my fault. I wonder what he's going to say in terms of the Leaf trade. Good news. All right. Like I said before he came on, one of our favorites, and I'm not just saying that like I do with Doug McLean just before he comes on. That's a lie. Let's welcome in Gary Galley. <laughs> How are you, Gary? I'm doing great. I appreciate that, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Of all, of, all of all the people you know, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, right off the bat, I want to get your thoughts on on a trade for two forwards by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, the, the, the price that they paid wasn't a cheap one. Uh, are... Are you expecting more? Is this uh, enough to get them over the hump against Tampa Bay? Let's let's get your thoughts. You hit the nail on the head. They're playing Tampa Bay. I mean, I think it would be something crazy would have to happen for those two teams not to meet in the first round. So realistically, you know your opponent. You've played them in the past. They have a, uh, you know the same players, the star players, and they have the same goaltender, same systems that they play. So you really know everything about them, but you didn't beat them. So what could you add to your team to help to help win that series, to tip it in the scales in your favor? And I think the one player you'd want to add is a real veteran player, a guy who's won before, and a guy that can play a good solid 200-foot game. So uh, when you put him out against a guy like, like Braden Point and you put him out, against a guy like Kucherov, he's he's played in those situations before. He knows how to do it, and and you know, Ryan O'Reilly is that guy. I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, you know won a Consmite Trophy. He's, he's the, you know, prototypical guy you'd want in the playoff battle with you. So I think adding him is, 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 is a really good thing. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the kind of the – when you're trying to make your team better, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a lot of star players. They have a lot of swagger. They have guys who can score – they have a lot of skill sets, but you need that little bit of extra savvy and moxie. And and adding these two guys, I think, to their lineup, you know, are are giving them a bit of that. And I think that's what maybe they're missing. And that's what maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning learned along their way. That yeah, they can have all these these sexy sports cars, but you need these, the, you know, these 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 other you know roadsters that come in that can play in the sandbox and, and get it and get it done. And that's what the Tampa Bay lightning figured out. And that's what the Toronto Maple Leafs have to figure out. And that's what they're trying to do. So uh, do I think they're done? Um, I think they're going to try to add a defenseman. I think they should. 
Um, how they get that done, I don't know. And, and is there a defenseman available that, that fits into what they're looking for? Um, and, and that for the price they can pay and, and what they can afford to put out there, that's going to be the, the, the tail of the tape. But uh, I do like the deal. I do think it'll it'll take a little time to see it kind of, you know, all gel together. But uh, I do think it's a step forward for a team that has to win. If they don't win, you're looking at significant changes um, in the organization, and everybody knows that. So this is this is all all in. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think a smart deal to make. So a really tough thing with NHL trades is, you know, you get the piece, and now figuring out how to best optimize your lineup, how to get the most out of the players you have. The Sheldon Keefe has decided to play Tavares on the wing with O'Reilly and Marner. What are your thoughts on how to get the most out of this forward group now that O'Reilly and Achari have been added? I think you got he's going to move the pieces around a little bit here. I don't think he they, he probably knows the best location for him yet, and maybe it is the best location for him. Um, you know, Toronto is a good face-off team. Tavares is a good face-off guy. Uh, you know, so is Riley. So I, I, I O'Reilly. So I think you're you know you you're, you're good in that area. So you, that's the one great thing about having those guys together on the same line. Um, you know, I think they play at the same tempo too, which is something that I like when you players that play with certain guys that play a, a, a tempo that you got to learn the tempo they play at. And you got to try to play within that tempo. If you're too ahead of the tempo, it doesn't work. If you're too behind it, it doesn't work. And the good players like the Jake Gensels and, and the guys that learn how to play with star players, they, they just fit in, they find their groove and they figure it out. And you can put a lot of guys with a lot of lines, uh, you know, bunting in Toronto. You could put a lot of guys on that line last year and wouldn't have the effect that he had. He figured it out. That it takes a special player to do that. And so for Tavares and Riley, they're going to have to they're going to have to figure figure it out. And you know, they both respect one another. I'm sure to the utmost. So they're going to work hard for one another. And, and you know, hopefully the chemistry comes together quickly. And and Sheldon Keith says, okay, I've got the mat, I've got the I've got the look I like. So let's just stay with it. But uh, I get the sense it, it's going to move around a little bit. I, I do. I don't think it's it's going to. Uh, you know, I, I think you should move it around a little bit and see if something else pops out that you like better. Coaches love to have uh, the lineup uh, separated so that there's strength throughout it. You don't just want to have it top heavy. Uh, you know, you want to have strength throughout the line so it forces your opponent to have to, you know, to operate uh, all their defensive. Uh, schematics against your whole team, not just one line or two lines or whatever. So this is a, you know, this is a, a, a feather in the bonnet of the Maple Leafs. They can move, you know, Riley around a lot of places, and and you're getting a good player in, in whether he plays center wing, whether he plays on your first line, second line, third line. Don't matter. He's he's going to be a handful for an opponent, and I think that that's a good that's a good thing. We're talking to Gary Galley, former NHLer, Hockey Night in Canada broadcaster, and uh, one of the best, might I add. Uh, Gary, Sheldon Keefe had mentioned today that uh, John Tavares has embraced uh, moving to the left side. We, we certainly take that at face value. But, you know, throughout your, what, almost 1,200 games in the National Hockey League uh, on occasion, I mean, have we been on teams where someone's nose may get out of joint a little bit, either moving from a position or less minutes? Uh, is that uh, a challenge for any coach, uh, maybe in this case even Sheldon's? Well, definitely, because anytime you bring players into your team, these players take up oxygen, right? They, there's only so much oxygen in the room, and certain players take up, some players take up more than others. And when you bring in some high-end players or guys whose expectations are high, 
you know, are, and they're fitting into the lineup and they're taking other people's positions. Yeah, people shift into different slots, but the slotting probably gets better. Uh, and Sheldon Keefe knows that. Now he has to figure out how does he keep everybody, uh, everybody happy? How does he keep everybody motivated? How does he keep everybody happy? And I think the Toronto Maple Leafs, as, a, as, a, as you just talk to the players individually, they will tell you, you know, like we, we appreciate our general manager going out and having these pieces. Now we have to all, you know, do our thing, which is whatever role I'm given, I need to perform that role to help the team win. And, and that's the bottom line. It's like, you know, when they assemble a team Canada and every player is great, you know, and some are certainly above others, but most of the players in that team are used to being the top dogs, the alpha dog on where they come from. And the, the, it's always, you got to check your ego at the door. You can't bring your ego into this room. And I think it's a similar thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You have a plethora of players of, of good players. And now you have to figure out how you're going to disperse this talent and how you're going to get everybody to feel important because it's a compression thing. If the, if, the, if the last guy at the bottom of the rung feels important uh, as the top guy, you have compression. And if you have compression, you've got a, you've got a good hockey team that's on the right path. Uh, if, if the bottom guy or bottom two guys don't feel like they're important, they get lost in the shuffle, then, then, then the compression, it, it opens up. There's more gaps in it, and, and you don't. So the trick of the tail for Sheldon Keith is to give everybody the role, be distinctive in what the role is, and, and, and the player's job is to just do that role to the best of his ability. So, Gary, when you go to the store and you've got a grocery list and a set amount of money, you, you can't always get everything you want to get. The Leafs don't have a lot of money left to, to p- purchase a defenseman here. Um, how much of a problem is that? Can you be good enough up front where you don't have to worry about defending as much? I, I think you can You can. I don't know if you can go the whole way like that. Yeah. I don't know if you can get to the promised land um, just outgunning teams. And I think, you know, the Oilers are, are living proof that they can, they can, you know, they got lots of bullets. They can fire away, but, uh, you know, they don't got the body armor going the other way. And you, don't, and you just don't survive it. Um, I think anyone can tell you that there are teams in the past that were very, very good offensively you know, uh, that, that were just so hard to contain that, you know, you were on your heels most of the time, so you really couldn't attack anyway. So they just were so good. And But um, if you look at those teams and you dissect those teams at the end of the day, they were good defensively too. You just were looking at the, the bigger picture that they were so good offensively, but when they had to shut it down, when they had to play defense and their goaltending, it has to be uh, top-notch goaltending. We saw what Connor Hellebuck did last night in that game against the Rangers. I mean, uh, you know, 50-something shots, uh, allows just one goal, and the Winnipeg Jets go into New York, Madison Square Gardens, and knock off the hottest team in the National Hockey League. If you have a goalie like a Jake Ottinger, that, the way he played uh, last year, if you have a goalie that can play that way, uh, maybe you can get away with it a little bit. But uh, if you're just an offensively skilled team and you're not as talented on your back end, but uh, I would say that more often than not, you, you, it's hard to get to the end like that. Uh, let's set aside what the Leafs have left in, in uh, draft picks or, or a cap situation scenario. What is ideally the defenseman that could help them the most? A uh, Chikrin, a uh, Gabrikov out of Columbus. Where do you see the, uh, the need to, to shore up? Well, everybody wants a defenseman that, that can, can, can provide uh, production, right? Can, can, can push the pace of the game. 
can uh, join the rush, be dominant, help to create offense. Um, but I think, you know, you, you look at for many years, and uh, you know, and I, and I go back to a guy like Dustin Bufflin that drove the bus, drove the bus, drove the bus, and then, and then everyone else in the blue line just had to stay back and play defense because we already got one guy, you know, roaming the field, right? We don't need to have more guys. But now, the way the game's played now, everyone's encouraged to go. Everyone's encouraged to be part of the offense, be part of the attack. So, you know, every defenseman now in the game, you know, based on skill sets, they're going to they're gonna jump in when the time is right to jump in. So I don't know if you strictly need a guy that's just that can, that can, that can help you run the offense. They've got a good enough offensive team. They need a guy that can uh, one-pass breakout, a good teammate, uh, will be able to fit in quickly. Uh, you know, and, you know, I look at a guy like Eckholm in, in, in Nashville. I look at, you know, a guy that's just not, maybe he's not going to put up incredible numbers, but he's going to defend. He's going to be tough to play against. He's got a bit of a, he plays a bit angry and, uh, you know, and, and he's going to go out there and be a tough opponent and, and tough on his opponent. So, you know, there's, there's guys out there that are going to become available as the playoff picture really starts to deteriorate for teams. So uh, there might be opportunities on players that we don't even really think about right now, but uh, I don't think they need to hit a home run with somebody, but I do think they need a guy that can consistently play, um, uh, you know, uh, 17 minutes a night, 20, 17, 18 minutes a night and play uh, and be hard to play against, be hard to play against. That's that, that would be the, the wish list on the back blue liner that I think that could help them. So they've got, you know, 20-some games left here. Not a ton of runway. One of those games is tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. What are your thoughts on tonight's opponent? What do you expect? They're, they're kind of they're in a playoff spot according to uh, points percentage at this point. This is a legitimate up-and-coming opponent for them, isn't it? Well, I think that if you haven't watched the scoreboard in the last little while, um, you know, you look at Calgary goal, you know, Philly, boom, bang, you know. These ten teams are, you know, they're winning 3.8, 4.5 out of 10 games. That's their winning percentage. So they are winning games out of the 10 games they play. So they are going to beat some teams. It might be you if you're not ready to play or, 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 or you run into a hot goalie or whatever the circumstances may be. You're gonna, these teams are going to beat teams. So you just got to make sure that you're taking care of what you do best, and that is making sure that you're running your game plan and stick into the game plan and, and, and not trying to, to go in and, and win games in the first period. These games take 60 minutes to win and maybe, and then extra. And that's exactly like a playoff game. Playoff games are won right away in the first few minutes of a game. Very, I don't think very often it can be from time to time, but I'm saying it takes a good solid effort, a consistent effort through the whole night. And I think that's where teams get into a bit of trouble right now. And that's where I think the Leafs get where they're, you know, and you hear Calgary too. We got to play a full sixty minutes. We got that sixty-minute thing has, has has eluded a few teams that seem to have these speed bumps every now and then going up and down. Is that you've got to play the right way? Uh, and the Maple Leafs had it going early in the season where they were playing the right way all the time, and their record showed it. And I think now sometimes they get away from that a little bit, and, and, and it bites them. I, I do think that you know, obviously, goaltending is a big issue there too. They've got to get their goaltending settled down and get and, and get kind of get in a rhythm there with that. But uh, Buffalo is a formidable, a formidable opponent. I mean, this is a team that's got a ton of games in hand and they know they got to win those games. If they want a shot at legitimately making the playoffs, they got to win those games. And to beat a team like Toronto uh, is, 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 
you know, is something that really can push you forward, can give you a lot of energy and, and build character on this kind of run that they're hoping to have to finish the season and get into the playoffs. So I would think Toronto will have their hands full. Samsonov coming off uh, a flu, uh, was not 100% in Chicago. Uh, we assume that we're going to see him tonight. Has that been decided? Thumbs up from uh, Sammy. Do you just play him like crazy here, Gary? To, uh, it all depends on how how much he's feeling it. How, in a very short period of time now, do you get him ready for game one against Tampa Bay? I think you got to play him. I think he needs to play. He needs to find a comfort. I'm sure there was a rhythm that they had him playing in where they play so many games, they give him a rest, they play that. You know, the coaches have these plans set in stone. They've got to look down the stretch here at these last games and figure out where they're going to rest him and how they're going to play him to get him, uh, you know, and get him, in, in, you know, ready to start game one because I don't think you can count on Murray. I think this is a guy that, the, you know, that over the last uh, little while has had a lot of problems staying healthy. And, and uh, so I think you've got to really start to gear towards uh, Samsonov and you got to, and you got to like prepare him for game one. Like you said, Nick, that's the big thing. It's not just half where he plays tonight. You got to get him in a groove. So he's ready to go when game one starts and he's feeling it because I do think he's more than capable. Um, but right now I'm sure with the, with the illness and, and, uh, and not playing as well as I'm sure he would like to be playing at this point. I think that, uh, you know, probably his confidence is a bit shaken, but, uh, you know, that can come back pretty quickly. And the guys in front of him can help with that too. I mean, you know, really come ready to insulate him and play. I mean, it's really important that they, they, they really get him back on track. And, and it, it takes more than just the goalie to figure it out. Uh, the team can help in a lot of ways by helping him see the pucks easier, clearing traffic out in front easier, you know, like making sure that, there the second uh, the rebound stuff is cleared like a lot of that stuff is insulation through the team system in the D, D zone coverages you know and uh, not allowing not allowing those second and third chances and, and and making sure you're cleaning up your end and that can help give a goalie a ton of confidence hey gary really always appreciate your time on our show man thanks for doing this hey my pleasure guys enjoy the game tonight and it should be a I mean, uh, every time I look at the standings, I just think, what a finish this is going to be for a group of teams. And it's going to come down to the last couple of games on the last couple of nights. And it's going to be uh, uh, the fans are going to get a treat. Agreed. Thanks so much, Gary. Appreciate it. Gary Galley, right, Hockey Night care, Canada. Guys. I guess uh, like this is a big this is a big start for Samsonov. Yeah, the only thing is, what if he's bad? There's no one else. Well, is Joel Wool going to be the goalie? No, that's just another Joel's. That is, is that Joel. his brother, Joel Wool. Joel Joel. <laughs> that's just a that's just a a bad start by Samsonov. Is what you really need to avoid tonight. It pushes you closer to going. God, we got to outbid someone for Jonas Corposalo, don't we? Well, the only thing is, if they are shopping for defensemen, and let's just assume again without beating our heads against the wall if they have the assets to do it. If you are thinking about a, a Gavrikov or a Chikrin, mm-hmm. then it has to be a package where Corpus Allo comes with mm-hmm. one guy or... Uh, Vegmelka? V- Velme- v- what is it? It's Vegmelka, but I'm Vegmelka. sure it's pronounced Vemelka or something. The Jays are probably silent. He, he comes too, and you offload Matt Murray on that. Mm-hmm. That has to 
I see what you yeah, 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 part yeah, yeah. of oh. the equation. What? Yeah, yeah. He's saying part of the package would be yeah, give us yeah. the goalie with the guy. Right? You you so have now to. he's talking about a nice situation of, Oh my god. What's that? No, that's easy. It's a no brainer. That if you if you're thinking about going to Ch- Chikrin, then you gotta flip Matt Murray for Vegmelka. Oh. We just got chicken and Vegmelka for Nyes and you're Murray. Just, you're throwing my mind into a blender here. I love it. I, I, I really believe that that has to be part of an equation. If you are shopping for yeah. a D, then you've got to find a way to unload Matt Murray. Does Matt Murray have a full no-movement trade clause? I don't think so. Uh, let me look that up right now. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, friendly. Um, big stretch coming up for the Sabres here. I'll look at it. Right no, now. am I wrong on that? Would you no, not? You're right. No, you're right. me being lost in thought. I'll. No. I guess I'm on radio. I should explain ten, my inner monologue. Ten team, no trade clause for uh, Mr. My, Murray. My inner monologue is: What are the contract statuses of Corpusalo and Vigmelka? Is there any additional years on those? What else would have to go where for something like that to happen? This Nye's thing. You, know, you had talked about. I him. don't think Nyes is in play here. So what about the twenty twenty four first? I everyone's like, oh don't trade my everything. god, it's an asset. They oh have firsts in the god. next couple of years. I'm just asking. Gotta have there, some future. Can we talk about no, it? Yes, st- we can talk about it. Their stars are not thirty one. They like you still need to insulate these guys with cheap talent at That's some point. Fair point. Like at some point, you need but to maybe. have a first round pick contribute to your roster. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't know if that's true. When's the last time they they get they get trade them all away? <laughs> Tonight we see Riley and Hall, Brody and Timmons, Giordano and Lilla Grin. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's your six to beat Tampa Bay. No, it's not. Okay, it's not. so you're talking about a Luke Shen. What are we, what uh, are we Luke talking Shen, here? By the way, fellas, I don't know if you saw this. He's sitting out tonight and believed to be trade-related reasons. Is he coming to Toronto? <gasps> I have no idea. Bring Luke. I've been saying bring Luke home for like two years on this show, so I'll continue to say okay, it. Bring Luke but home. like, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. And I really oh, appreciate Luke Shen. How okay. could you not? What a career. Love Luke Shen. But, uh, he's he's bottom six guy. I'm with you. Well, bottom, there's only six D. Yeah, so. bottom third. <laughs> yeah, okay. Pairing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm Bo- with you. Bottom six. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Bottom third. <laughs> pairing. <laughs> okay. He's a bottom pairing guy. Is what right? you know what you mean. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that if they're not looking for a second and a third, it would cost you Lilligren. No. I'm just, t- hey, listen, I'm just telling you where the marketplace is for him now. No. I will. Then what are you giving up for Luke Shen? Rasmus Sandin? No. I feel like maybe. You do that. Maybe. Hey, listen, if 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 you can get away with it, maybe. But, but let's certainly. talk about Sandine for a second. Uh-oh. Can he stay in the lineup, please? Yeah, he's he's getting a little bit of a band-aid. I have said this before, but I truly believe that physical players who are 5'11 take the most abuse. Whatever it is about that height, it's just, we need to do, we need analytics on Let's this. Let's go to Sheldon for a Kipper's Clipper on Sandine. Um, progressing well, just not uh, not ready to play here tonight, but uh, I haven't got a report on how, how things went on the ice here today, but the fact that he wanted to get out there today and you know, was able to move around a bit uh, is a positive sign, so I'm not going to play tonight, but He's not far away. We'll have to see where he is for Thursday's practice. Okay. 
I know you just want to throw in Sandine, but he's also a pending UFA. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got this year next, right? Does he have next year? Yeah, he did. He got a two-year contract. Was that was that not this year? Yeah, yeah. He's got one year. That's right. Hey, okay. Yeah. All right. So he's not. He's not. You won't lose him. Right. Okay. That changes. maybe changes a few things. Yeah. But. And how old is he? He's 22. Well, he turns 23 in a No, week. no, I'm not talking Sandine. I'm oh, talking about Luke Shen. A thousand. Oh. No, he's 34. Are you t- whose contract are you talking about here? Luke Shen. Okay, he doesn't let's have do a year this next. all over he again. He doesn't have a year next Okay, year. that's what I was speaking okay. of. Yes. yes. There, there is something to be said that you've, you've taken a first rounder that you've groomed for how many years now? Four or five. Mm-hmm. And again, you're just going to... Not yet 23. Not yet up. 23. And you're just going to chuck him for Luke Shen. Who's for six at the, weeks of Luke Shen. And end of, end of the run here, pretty much. Yeah. You know, there is something to be said about not looking that desperate. But they are. I feel like if you weren't desperate, you wouldn't made the first trade yeah i listen uh, by the way i don't want that trade to happen i i'm i'm agree. Saying, i can I agree. see i agree you know it's the type of guy they want sandine feels like the seventh d to me in playoffs yes sandine not staying healthy is an issue well they challenged him at the start of this year to show us he could stay healthy that was part of it how about last year he was playing the best hockey of his career for a long time he got hurt and he never got back in. Mm-hmm. He, he never got a chance to be the guy he was. So we should go by the They way. get frustrated by his injuries. Yes, we should. We got Kevin Adams calling in. All right. We do have Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, up after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. We're back after this. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs set to do battle against the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Just waiting on that. Shaping up for a very important game. Just wait on Kevin. In the Eastern Conference. Yeah, this is big for the Sabres. Like we mentioned, they're in the playoffs based on points percentage. Uh, you got to win your games when you, you're behind in real points. But, boy, it's a cluster. And they are the best goal differential team in the hunt here, which I believe in as a stat. 25 games to go. Mm-hmm. Leafs holding on to home ice advantage in the first round with a tr- with a tr- <laughs> with a trade like the one that we just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Where would you where would you rank uh, not holding on to that spot of importance? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I think it's really important for one, just a mindset thing. Like, you know, you're looking for every edge you can get on the Tampa Bay Lightning in a game a series that went seven and was a one goal thing. Home ice advantage is worth caring about here and worth fighting for. But they, you know, they also did beat you in game seven at your place. Yeah, but that was, so, I mean, like, oh, then no, playing Tampa I, next time, it'll be better. Like, I don't think on either. Oh, Kevin's calling it right now. So. All right. Don't have to tell Kevin Adams this is a, an important one. Yeah. How they've been able to uh, really climb up that ladder in the Eastern Conference. I mean, we are talking about a number of teams that were almost dead and buried mm-hmm. maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago. 
All right, let's welcome in Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sab- Sabres. Uh, Kev, thank, thanks so much for doing this. We know uh, uh, this time of year, especially for a guy in your position, is is real busy. How how did you manage to to give us a few minutes? Uh, we assume that your, your phone's <laughs> ringing, ringing off the hook here. Well, you know what? Uh, Kipper, my first NHL training camp, treated me amazing and uh, is one of the veteran guys. So whatever <laughs> Kipper needs, uh, I'm here for him. Oh, man. Now I'm a full Buffalo Sabre fan. Um, just, just the fact that you've been able to get your team, Kevin, in a position to even be uh, in the mix here. Uh, how rewarding has that been the, the last few months? Well, you know what? It's, uh, it's exciting. You know, I'm, I'm happy for our players because, uh, you know, coming into the season, obviously we, we knew that we're the youngest team in the league. Um, and that's exciting, but we also believe in our players and know there's a lot of talent in our room and now we're just learning, we're learning, we're growing. Um, but they put themselves in a spot where, um, it's exciting coming to the rink and these are good battles and good tests for us to, to learn and grow. So um, it's a lot of fun and I think our players are embracing it. Yeah, and I mean, rolling along the way you guys are, it brings up some questions for you that maybe you hadn't anticipated having. Maybe you do, but, you know, do you add now to this group and reward them, maybe give them some playoff games if you can get in there and the value that that would have for the young guys? Where do you stand on on that as an option for this group, or is it just sort of this is the next step in your guys' progression? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, to me, um, don't really look at it like um, kind of, hey, we're buyers, we're sellers, we're this. I just look at it as we're following along in our, in our, in our vision, the plan, and the process that we're in the middle of. You know, we're evolving as a group. You know, I think starting two years ago when we had to kind of reset this we knew that we were going to have to build you know around a core identify draft well identify talent and then you know retain the players that wanted to be here for the right reasons and that's what we're in the process of so nothing really changes in a sense you know if, if there's a way to upgrade our team and make a move that makes sense of course we're going to be involved mm-hmm. and in every conversation but we're also not going to just do something trying to skip steps or fast forward. And, um, you know, that doesn't make sense for us, you know, in the big picture long-term. We're talking to Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the tough job that you guys have had, and I'm lumping all of you general managers is, um, hedging on future contracts in a flat cap era, Kevin. And, you know, sometimes you really need a player to, to make you look good when you sign into a long-term deal. And I think Tave, Tage Thompson's made you uh, look like a genius, actually. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny. I, uh, when, you, when you think about long-term deals, you know, there's so much that you're taking into consideration. I mean, clearly you have to start with do, do your, does your vision align, you know, from where we are as an organization and where they are as a player? Do you want the same things? I mean, that's really important. So you start with that. Then you then you are taking everything into account of what is their you know what are they bringing every day within your team their their role um, their statistical profile their their analytics all that stuff you look at. But then some of the things you can't quantify are you know what are they like in in their daily habits you know are they a player that you believe is going to continue to get better every day um, are they still are they still putting the work in no matter what type of contract they had that's going to give them a position to, to grow. And so those are all the things that we, we look at. And certainly with Tage, he checked every one of those boxes. You know, I, I really watch practice closely. I believe in practice is a big deal, um, even at the National Hockey League level. And 
the last, you know, three years I've been watching him do things in practice that, you know, I believe that this was going to be something that started to translate to games in the right situation. And he's got an incredible work ethic, and he's a really, really good teammate. Um, so it's exciting to see him perform well, but I, I think it was a, g- a good deal for both sides for sure. You know, the the rebuild stage for a lot of teams, I think one of the tough questions is when do you kind of flip the switch? And you look at the Detroit Red Wings this past season, I think they added seven new players and said, okay, you know, now we're going to get more aggressive with this thing. What will you be looking for with your group? You know, it seems like you have amassed some real talent here. Good Lord, that the young defensemen that you have are unbelievable. What, What for you will be the signal that, okay, time to see if we can kick this thing into gear? Well, I think, you know, that's a really interesting question and a good question. But part of what I what I look at and talk about every day is, you know, when you have when you draft well and then you have the young players in place, you want to let them perform. And one of the things that we were really careful about this past off season was blocking the development opportunity from some of our young players. And I'll sure. use Dylan Cousins as an example. Um, you know, we could have gone probably out and signed you know, a 28 or 30 year old that was maybe, you know, a centerman that maybe a little bit ahead of Dylan, you know, this last year at this time, but we were really wanting to make sure we were giving him every opportunity to take big face off, kill penalties, be out there on the power play and let him start to push. So I think that's one thing that we think a lot about. So you have to be careful there. The other thing is you, you want to, in my opinion, um, you want to round out the edges, but where we where we believe we're going to take the most steps is by seeing our own internal group get better. Mm-hmm. You know, like Owen Power a year from now is going to be, you know, 21, 22 years old. He's going to be a bigger, stronger. He's going to be better. Dylan Cousins is going to be better. Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka. I can just, you know, I believe Rasmus Dahlin is going to continue to get better. So that's, to me, where our real growth is going to come from. But you're going to certainly look around and see is there a way to kind of round the group out. And um, the core is really what we focus on. It appears that you've got a goalie in the future in uh, Devin uh, Levy, if I'm not mistaken. And yet you've got a guy in Lukanen that's in the net. Like, how do you how do you make sure you don't have another Allmark <laughs> somewhere in between uh, these guys? Yes, you know what you cut out is the very beginning of it. Sorry, can you yeah, say it again? Just I'm just saying that, that uh, you know, uh, uh, Justin Bourne just mentioned that you're, you've got uh, so many great uh, bodies at forward and defense, and yet you've got this prospect in, in Levi uh, who's considered one of the better goalies not on an NHL team right now. And then you've got your present goaltending situation. You know, Allmark was there, and now he's doing great things in Boston. How can you really sure where you want to focus? Yeah. Okay. No. Good. Good. Good question. I think um, you know when I when I look at um, our group now, you know, this is kind of what I'm talking about when you look at a player like Ukapakalukin, and you know. We believe in him. We believed in him last year. We just knew he needed to get reps, whether that was going to be in the National Hockey League or American League, would play itself out. He's shown great stride, you know, steps and, and made some great strides, and now he looks confident and comfortable um, regardless of we're playing on the road, home, the opponent. He just goes and plays. And so that's been a big step, um, and we'll continue to support him and let him grow. We really you know, I, I'm glad you brought up Devin. I think we're we're really excited about this kid. I mean, he's uh, he was the player of the year in college hockey, the goaltender of the year last year. 
He's performing at an extremely high level again right now. Um, we're excited about the future. Um, but you don't want to rush that. So we want to take our time. And you know, I think the biggest thing goes back to when you identify players that are here and they want to be here and they want to grow with you, then you want to lock them up and you want to get that done. And um, maybe that wasn't the case um, before with particular players. And, um, you know, that happens. But we want players that want to be here, and that's what we're building. I'm interested to hear you weigh in on Rasmus Dahlin a little bit. Just, you know, I looking at his stats. This is his fifth NHL season. And I think sometimes when players are drafted, there's the frustration from fans. Like, why aren't they a star already? It takes a little time. Fifth year, and all of a sudden he is this guy who's in the Norris Trophy conversation. Tell us about his development and what has led to the giant jump this season. Yeah, Rasmus, is uh, he's wired it the right way. And if you want to be... You know, he doesn't come to the rink just, you know, come to the rink to show up and play. He comes to the rink to be his absolute best and be kind of what I was saying about Tage, where we want players that want to get better every day. And he has that hunger. He is ultra competitive and he's always had that. But I think what you're starting to see is um, he's in his fifth year, but he's only 22, 23 years old. Like he's just now becoming you know, big and strong that he might've been trying to do some of these things when he was 19, 20, 21, but his body wasn't ready for it. Yeah. You know, now he's six, three and a half and he's a big physical man. And so that's sometimes just your body has to catch up to your talent, but that kid has been a, you know, difference maker every single night uh, this entire season. And just, it's really, really fun to see. And he's, and he's just one of those kids that um, he loves the game. He just, he just comes to the rink. He wants to get better. He competes in a practice. It doesn't matter. He just competes, and I love that about him. Hey, Ads, tell him that we want to see some fireworks between him and Austin Matthews tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let them sort that out. As long as we're on the good side of it, I'm fine with it. Well, listen, uh, there's something always special. Uh, you experience as a player, as a general manager, but always something nice, uh, the, the distance on the 401 between Buffalo and Toronto. So, um, you know, you, you, you remember those games well, don't you? No, oh, they're a lot of fun. You know, I think, uh, that Buffalo Toronto playoff series in uh, 99 when I was playing was just, you know, it was special, just the buzz and the feeling. And there is something special about a Leaf Sabres games. I, I know our guys are excited about it. Um, to be honest with you, it's, uh, feels like we should be playing each other more but um we will see each other here down the stretch a little bit but i'm excited for tonight should be a lot of fun well i know uh gary bettman and bill daly listen to our show daily so uh no no question you sent them a (laughs) a good message right there (laughs) hey they got a tough enough job and try to figure out me try to figure out a schedule i promise you that hey listen um, no it's fun it should be a good rivalry for sure we so appreciate your time and uh thanks for the kind words uh yeah, uh, remember you uh, fondly, uh, those training camps, and uh, I'm real happy for your success so far, man. No, I appreciate it. It's good, good chatting with you guys, and uh, hope, to, hope to be on again soon. All right, Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. That was great. Yeah. I, and I, I tell you what, uh, like I said, a lot of things stacked against him coming mm-hmm. in under those circumstances. Yeah. And he just... He's done a hell of a job. Yeah. Well, you know, so much of what he said you love to hear if you're a fan of the Sabres where 
No rushing the plan. We're not going to add this year to go get our asses handed to us by Boston in the first round. We're going to try to make it. And if we do, we hope Dylan Cousins can play big minutes against certain guys, you know, the big guys. And I think that's great. By the way, his point about Darlene. Darlene is still 22. Fifth what? season, 22 years old, six foot three, two ten. Yeah. He's six foot three and a half, as he said. This is a, a force the Leafs are going to have to deal with for say, a decade. I was going to say this guy is going to be around for a very long time. Yeah, and he's going to be probably playing for the Sabers for a long time, and he's probably going to be pissing Leaf fans off for a long time. I fun. I, I was it. He just said that he wishes the Leafs and Sabers played more. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I don't is understand. This, is this it? I don't. Think or so. they, do they have one more? I think they'd have one more, right? They usually play a division three times, four I'm times, four times in division, except for like a team or so, two might so be three got, times. Then, then we're looking. It's, this is only their second meeting, isn't it, of the year? Yes. I, uh, the last time they played them was uh, in November. Yeah. So yeah, there'll be another one. And we're not even really mentioning the fact that Owen Power is almost playing twenty-four minutes a night. Sorry, how many? I let me just double check here. I was way off I was way off I knew he was playing a lot but I was thinking 20 minutes plus not 23 and a half plus if you were looking around the league wow how many young court like if you're power ranking the young quote-unquote cores in the NHL I think if you were choosing a team to coach or choosing a team to be a manager like this is in the in the very short list of teams here's yeah yeah, go ahead I, I don't you know Outside of Tage Thompson out front, like what's Dylan Cousins going to be? The oh, I love Cousins. 50th best player, or ah, best forward in the league. I love Cousins. You know what I mean? Like to, to me, he's not. But Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, and Tage Thompson are absolute forces. Here's the problem is that you're going to have to pay them real quick here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you end right? up. Oh, it's and, all, this is why it's a fun time to be a, a, a Sabres fan because like, reality comes. Like, they could ask for 10 a year on how, their next contract. How is Darlene worth a penny less than that? He's worth more than that. He's going to finish right? second in Norris Trophy voting to Eric Carlson this year. He's got 60 points, boys. It's February. Yes. <laughs> He's 22. 60 points? Yeah. He has, oh my he has God. more points than Matthews, than Tavares. Oh, my God. And, you know, a similar situation is going on in New York with the Rangers. And Kendra Miller all of a sudden has put himself in a position where – the Rangers are going to have to go, God, can we get him on a short-term deal here? Or do you just give him UFA money because you want to go that path? Sure. Give him, I don't know, eight and a half times eight know. or something. I, I don't know. But uh, I don't think they can afford it. Right. I don't think that the Rangers can afford it. You got Truba there. Oh, yeah. And you got Fox. And Aaron and Zibanejad. So and- it... Here, here's the Rangers. They they rebuilt or they retooled. It took them five years to get to this contending spot, and all of a sudden, within a year or two, you got to make some hard decisions. Great. My friend Sam just, McKee just says, what, just "Sickly, what, Gary. just what the league wants." The, one of the premier franchises the in the team. NHL that's finally rebuilt themselves to be a legit cup contender every year. Time to break it up, baby. Bad news. You got too many good players. Yeah. Burn it down. It's yeah. like, what are we doing here? You Time have to get to be, rid of them all. You have to get as many good players as you get, but not too many. But that's get the way it too works. Many. That's the way um, the system works. It's a dumb system. It's the stupidest thing of all time. I, Mid. I love I love Sabres-Leafs games. Sabres-Leafs games have given me a lot of nightmares over the years. A lot of guys on their team that I've really hated. Like Ryan Miller absolutely owned the Leafs for a long time. There's guys on that, you know... Think of like Patrick Coletta back in the day when oh, he's Oh, scummy. 
I as like, a player. Oh my god, I there love was, to I, hate. I, I didn't love hate anyone hate. more than I hated Patrick Coletta when I was a certain age. Like I just the Sabres Leafs game. I feel like it's an underrated rivalry because they're not always good at the same time. They haven't been good at the same time for a long time, and we're mm-hmm. heading into a spot where I think they're both gonna be really good teams for a while here. In fairness, the the poor Leafs and. They've been good for, I don't know, since 2018, five years now. After the tanking year. Yeah, five, six years now. And all of Ottawa, basically Montreal, they had their one-year thing. Uh, Buffalo, like none of their direct rivals have been any good. Detroit, they haven't had an elite rival in their vicinity. They they did lose to the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. Yes, I understand. There was that one weird year, but Montreal (laughs) stunk that year. I said it all year, and they stunk. They stunk. Got a text from uh, <laughs> John Shannon who says to me that uh, the Canucks will announce uh, no Shen tonight. No Shen, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, is he coming here? Is he going there? I think his wife is also um, very pregnant, but I don't. But I think it is trade related. So, uh, the other thing that's floating around, I don't know if it was Frank Cervelli that put it out that uh, the St. Louis Blues could take some of their picks that they've had the last little while and go Timo Meyer. So I'm talking about Doug Armstrong being love great. That. I would love that move for the Blues. <laughs> yeah. well, was... Anything away from the Leafs. Well, for sure. That too. Is that is that no, your only I angle? Just, I just think, like, we talked about it. They don't suck. Like, they have guys on their team that are pieces. Like, they have good players. Yeah. And I don't think Doug Armstrong wants to be a team that is kind of, I think they're an attractive destination. Guys who go there always love playing for the Blues. If they could swing that for Meyer, I think that would make a ton of sense. And, yeah, keep him away from Boston. Tampa, yeah, you take the assets from well, O'Reilly and Tarasenko yeah. and Achari and you turn it into Timo yeah. Meyer. you extend them. Don't need to strip completely. Right. Yeah. This is why Doc Armstrong's so good. It keeps yeah. them afloat. Yeah. You know, it depends what an extension would look like. But, you know, cost of living in St. Louis, awfully affordable. You know, yeah, it, I think you're in the ballpark of eight and a half, nine, nine, two, five. I'd do it for Timo Meyer, so, his age. But isn't that a thing about guys loving St. Louis? Like, it feels it, they all, like, a lot of people live there after they play. Like, I've always heard stories about guys being really fond of playing there. So, players yeah, talk. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of maybe being in a selling mode, some are suggesting. Well, Calgary be in a position to sell. That was a horrible loss. Awful. To the Philadelphia Flyers. So tired of betting on that team. <laughs> and Truly, I am. Like, <laughs> for, I, I'm the first one to say, I don't see that. No. Not a chance. But could that they, they will... change course with some turnover of players? Like, not give up, but trade guys anyway, player in, player out. A- anything that is perceived as making your team a little worse, mm-hmm. I can't see Brad Tree Living no. doing. No, me either. So what does that mean? That you're going to give up a body for a pick that still has value to you? I don't know. Like, the Flames are two points out of a playoff spot in the West, and there's some gettable teams ahead of you. Like, they're... This is not the Flames are done, but, God, they're frustrating. Let's remind everybody, Brad Tree Living is in no different uh, position than Kyle Dubas. Yeah. He's got no contract. Doesn't, eh? Nope. So, yeah, I wonder if he won't do the opposite of the sell thing and say, we need to get in, we need to get going. We we mentioned yesterday we called the Flames Islanders of the West because they're a team that's probably not going to be good enough to make to do anything when they get there, but just it's fighting to get in for some reason. I shouldn't say for some reason, but... Well, I think with the Flames, 
do we all think that they were going to be better this year? Yes. Was that a conversation? Oh we my had? gosh! I think I had them to win the Pacific. There's many of them had. They, fin- they finished second in the West last year. Like they were really good Come last on. year. Yeah, but they lost two them. unbelievable hockey players. But they got two unbelievable hockey no, players. No, Matthew Kachuk's one of the best players in the league. No, I think at the times. Sam, it was perceived that it was a pretty good wash. Like Huberto was third in Hart Trophy yeah, voting, not I, Kachuk. But what player, what general manager in the league, if you offered them Matt Kachuk or Huberto, which guy yes. they're taking? Right. We but they agree. also got Kadri and Uyghur. But if, <laughs> you know? yeah, if, yeah. if there was a party view that thought Huberto would never match the 115. You thought he'd be like, like 85. Yeah, yeah. 90. <laughs> 95, yeah. yeah. He could drop 25 points and still have a... Elite year. Really elite year. Yeah. But that's, we know that's not happening. The case. No. Not happening. Not happening. And then there was Kadri signing, Goudreau, which obviously. you thought, okay, if he's not going to match his 90 plus points, he can come in at uh, a point 70. a game. Yeah. A point okay. a game. Yeah. And agitate, do the Kachuk things. You know, Gaudreau's out. He you can get, get that from Huberto. You had Uyghur. He scores in the back end, fights a little bit. I like Uyghur a lot. Yeah. Whenever I see that guy play, he just he's doing something greasy, he's scoring, he's yeah. hitting. He's a hockey player. He's a good player. Yeah. The Leafs wanted him at one point. Yeah. They were trying to get him up. I remember that. If you're Kyle, would you just even just knock on Brad Tree Living's door and say, uh, Chris Tanov? <laughs> hey, you got that guy who gets hurt a lot but plays D really well? <laughs> I'll take him. Isn't he pretty elite defensive? Like defensively? He has been oh, he's a top career, shutdown like a guy. Yeah. yeah, among the league's best. When he's healthy. Right. Which is not that often not anymore because he does block everything shot his way and engage in every battle possible and fought jacob truba when he was already hurt yeah like yeah. he's that guy yeah he's a hot talk about hockey players Jeez, yeah. a lot of people thinking it's a foregone conclusion i know i mentioned this the other day i didn't mention timo in st louis which you should have i sat on yeah that's fine um but gavrikov to Boston, it seems to have many people believing. I was told as of this morning that he's still out there. For anyone to have. Yes. Yeah. And think about this for a second. If if you're Columbus and you're you think you think maybe you might be leaning towards Boston, mm-hmm. it's a first rounder, right? We know that. So why you don't would, want a thirty second overall? <laughs> why would you lock in twenty eight to thirty two when you could still see if maybe there's a a twentieth pick yeah. out there, an eighteenth yeah. pick? If we're a doing a first, let's talk pick. to someone who's at Calgary. Let's see what you guys got, Islanders. What do you guys got? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that may be the case. Mm-hmm. If they're smart, they won't give it away now. Yeah, you're in the position to trade for Gavrikov. In a draft where if you pick 15th to 20th, it sounds like that's a 5 to 10 most years or at least a 10 to 15. So yeah. so I think I think it's shaping up. We all believe the the, the rumblings are, are true that Boston has their eye on him, but I'm not sure how why, close it is just yet. Why do they need him? Well, you know what? I saw some uh, Leafs are they, are they there. Not stacked enough? No, like, but I saw on. some uh, Bruins Sammy, fans complaining <laughs> about their lefty. Sammy wants a fair fight in the come playoffs. On. Their lefty is uh, Lindholm, and then it's like Forbort, okay. Grizzlick. Okay. You know, Grizzlick's hurt a lot. And then Riley, Mike Riley. Like, they, they, they're they not perfect. Yeah, I guess there's a difference between 
plus 92 goal differential, plus 80 goal differential. They're good. They're very, very good. But, uh, I mean, all these teams have spots they'd like what? to get better. They're plus 92 goal differential. I think that's the best in the last, like, 10 years, and the year's not over. 91 points in 56 games played. Not fair. President's Trophy curse, baby. That's all we got. <laughs> yeah, that's all we that. got. Come on, witchcraft. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, voodoo, baby. Let's go. Yeah, that's all we got. Like, it's scary that... Like when you look at like they've got forty one more points than like Montreal. Oh yeah. It's a season in itself. Yeah. If you eliminated Montreal's points from Boston's currently, they still probably make the playoffs by the end of the year. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, like they're just on a tear. So yeah. is there Gavrikov, I mean, like that just sucks if they get him. It does. By the way, this is the like hidden to me the under-discussed story about this Eastern Conference battle to, like, for the wild-card spots. It's the Islanders, Florida, Pittsburgh, Washington, Buffalo, Detroit. Remember last year, Daryl Sutter talked about Colorado? Whoever get, eight when, days. Yeah, he's, it's going to be, what do you say, unfun eight days yeah. or be a short eight a days. waste of eight days. It's a waste of eight <laughs> days. A waste. So that's what teams are doing now. You're going to go trade picks, whatever, to get into the playoffs to waste eight days against the, the Bruins? Go for it, you know? Is there... Is there another name out there? Where would we have it? Would it be Chikrin and uh, Gavrikov out of Columbus? Is that is that it? Orlov, Tanev. These are the teams that are in playoffs that you're fantasizing about giving up guys. Uh, Orlov, I love. Luke Shen. We yeah. mentioned him. Yeah, that's a guy I'd love. And get, somehow trade your 2025 or 2028 or 2040 first-round pick to get Orlov and Garnet Hathaway on your team. <laughs> And get other teams to double retain. So set Again, another fourth round pick and another pick. Just give up the draft for four years. We're talking about 31 and 32-year-olds, guys, mm-hmm. for 30 games. Mm-hmm. Like Ekholm. I know you love Ekholm. I am a fan of his game. But, but he's, he's played a lot of big, long games over his career. And he's at 6.25. And I think he's going to earn that when he's 33. Three thirty-four, thirty-five. Yeah, uh, you want that this year? Can I trade it in summer? <laughs> <laughs> Can I have it for thirty days and then, yeah. double and then throw it back in the the lake? That's right. Double flip. Double get it. Double retrain, retain, then trade it. All right, maybe I'm pushing it now. What did uh, you make out of your Islanders in Pittsburgh? I think the Penguins' goaltending stinks. Holy wow. smokes! Jari with a horrible giveaway. I think he was watching Mrazek uh, in Toronto. <laughs> no, Bo Horvat is like everything the Islanders wanted. But yeah, I mean Barzal's hurt. That hurts them. But wasn't that Pitts, wasn't that Jari's first game back? I don't know. Was it? He'd been hurt for a long time. So yeah, he was looking rusty. It was super rusty. So S- sucks I mean, that the Penguins are in trouble here. Huge swing, huge swing for the Islanders. They beat the Penguins twice in the last week. You know, that's who they're battling with. That was, those are massive outcomes for them. Is there massive a, results. a playoff we envision okay, where well. there's no Ovechkin or no Crosby? Oh, yes. We are getting there. And watch it be like Detroit Buffalo or something. I just, I can't imagine. It ain't going to be Detroit, by the way. The panic that's going on in Pittsburgh right now. Well. After the summer they had. The commitment to Gino, old money. Gino. Latang. Latang. Uh, Jeff Carter. Let those Jeff guys Carter go. Even. Well, that's the thing. They, you know, what would Bill Belichick do? 
probably would have let him go. Yeah. You want to talk about pressure on maybe tree living or or Dubas mm-hmm. in Toronto. What about Hextall? Yeah. I have seen his his name come up on my Twitter feed a lot lately, and particularly last night after that loss about just not getting the goaltending short up. And I think when he was in Philly before, the goaltending never got figured out there. This has become well, like a bugaboo. But, but he his. had Carter Hart in the wings. He wanted to overcook him in the oh. minors. There was really no pressure on him to go elsewhere. I see. It was just a matter of, come on, bring the guy up. He's yeah. the next uh, Carey Price. Right. And they don't have that in Pittsburgh. So, no. Yeah. They have all their picks uh, for the next three years. The Penguins. Do they? There's no way Sid's going to make uh, stand uh, still here mm-hmm. in the next ten days. He's gonna he's gonna force them to to go out there and do something. You have to, or the team you think. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah. Like yes. the way you treated the summer and the way you re-signed all these guys, you have to double down on that and trade for something if you're if you're looking to get into the playoffs. Like if yeah. they miss the playoffs, that is a disaster. Yeah. Disaster. Yeah. Certainly could be. It's always fun, right? Other organizations have panic too. Yeah. Not just Leafs every day. Earlier oh. in the show, Gary Galley mentioned uh, Hellebuck and his 50 shots in Madison Square Garden. Like that was a clinic last yeah. night. Like he looked every bit the part of a Vasilevsky last night. Yeah. Oh, he's he's elite now. He's having a run of years where I don't know how much longer he'd have to do it, but you'd, would you ever look back and say this guy ends up being like a Hall of Fame goalie? Like he's, what's he won? At least one Vesna. Five years as a guy who's in the mix. It needs some need to playoff win. success. Yeah. To really kind of solidify. Yeah. I he can do it without going to a Stanley Cup final or winning the cup, but you you got to go on. Yeah, you got to go on some nice runs. Yeah, yeah, I know it, it seems early, but he is. He's just been so good for so long for them. It's been, it's been and wild. Would you care to apologize to the Winnipeg Jets, Morning? I have been asked about that. Uh, no, Kipper, <laughs> I would Kipper like to apologize. Our, I apologize to absolutely <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I, did. I, I did. I apologize as well. Barney, stand strong. Yeah, they might have a great but season. I, their first round, their first round matchup in Colorado. I do stand by that this team will look much different in eighteen months. Yeah, that's what I've said all along. I just thought it would. I, I thought that energy of knowing that this major change is coming with all these contracts coming up and guys wanting out. I, I thought it would have a really negative effect. Yeah, Rick Bonus has team. done great by them. They have got sure has. unbelievable goaltending. They have some yeah. elite players. And I don't know what else to say. Shifley came up huge last night, and Pierre-Luc Dubois having a, yeah. a career year when he all but told everybody, hey, nice place, but I don't want to stay here. Yeah, I just want to go to Montreal, please. Long term. So they're still finding ways. And there aren't many dudes in the league when the puck is on their stick in a good spot that I think it's going in more than Kyle Connor. Yeah. The goal, he scored, the goal he scored last night. Love Ehlers. Ehlers bombs around. And Connor shoots everything well, in the net. He just catches it at the top of the circle, and it's in the back of the Funny net too, before. Funny, because he's skinny, and he's yeah. got that stick, and you just still have such confidence like in the heat. Looks like he loves Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> he looks like he loves Monster Trucks and <laughs> country music. And I did mention 
Timo Meyer a, a possibility there. That's that's uh, an that would ad. change things for me if they got another significant body like that. That would change. Things. I'd like them to get a little bigger but on you the know, back end. But you know what? For yeah, so they have a better chance to advance than a lot of these other teams I've praised because their division is Dallas, a constantly injured Colorado, Minnesota. Like it's a flawed division. They can win a playoff round. I'll say this. I can see them making a conference final. I don't think they're a cup contender. I don't think they're one of the five best teams in the league, but I can see them having some success. And with that goaltending, you never know. But probably not, is my opinion. I, I could see it. Yeah. I wouldn't pick it, but I could see them going to a final. Leafs Jets final. Who could you imagine? That'd be great. That'd, be, that'd be, be rather horny. That <laughs> would work very well. We have two clips from Ryan O'Reilly, one on wearing the Leaf and one on the pressure of being a Leaf. Would you like to hear from the yes. former Blues captain on some of these things? I wanted to get this in for the end of the show. Uh, yeah, I still at times kind of catch myself. I still can't believe it. Obviously, you know, growing up and family growing up in Toronto and such, and actually wearing it now, it's um, yeah, it's a little surreal. But uh, but I'm excited though. It's 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 awesome. It's something that uh, yeah, I never really think that would happen. And to be a part of it, be a part of this group too, and such a good team that um, yeah, like I said, it's just uh, there's a lot of excitement uh, I have right now. As as someone that's lived through it, I will tell Ryan O'Reilly this. It wears off. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, really? I'm dead serious. Yeah. It's great. But then reality will set in that it's... Extra work it's, and pressure. It's, it's a beast in itself. And it can be, at times, for certain guys, yeah. a double-edged sword, the extra scrutiny, the eyeballs, the amount of... Uh, of uh, demand on you, media, yeah. your family, whether he brings them here for the remainder of the season or not, they're affected. Yeah. It becomes work in many yeah, different yeah. ways. And I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, I know course, what you mean. You know, but I- it is, it's one of those things where it can be great and then other times you can sit there and go, this town's nuts. Yeah, but I don't understand how people aren't prepared for that. Like, maybe until you've lived it, you can't anticipate it. You can't. Yeah. And you could talk to guys, and they can describe but, like, it. just know that part of your day every day is going to be answering questions about minute things that they didn't notice in St. It's Louis. It's just not the questions. I noticed it's, you tied your skates up in the corner and practice. It's the noise that comes around it. Yeah. Right? That somehow, some way even if you think that you're not going to pick up a newspaper or you're not going to listen to the our show or listen to You might see the billboard someone's talking about that says, O'Reilly sucks. The, and you're like, what? The I noise, just got here. Sure that was Stamkos. The, the, <laughs> no, the noise can find you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's great. And we all envisioned or fantasized about winning here and being the one that can be part of something that hasn't been done since 1967. Has it been 67, eh? Hmm. You're young. <laughs> um, but comes up my, once my in a point while. is yeah, that yeah. Uh, it once you you get into it yep. and you find out uh, you know the the daily uh, stress, it kind of wears on you sometimes. We have a quote Do, on, oh, on yes. him talking about the pressure of being a leaf. Um, yeah, I think you know we have a, a ton of good pieces here, and it's a great team. The, the coaching's outstanding. It's you know, I think it's not getting, you know, ahead of myself, you know. I think, you know, i got to take it day by day and work and, and push myself to be better and, and try to help elevate this team to take another step. But, 
you know, that's not done just by, you know, wanting to have success. It's, you know, putting the details in every day and, and competing and doing things the right way. And then, you know, hopefully good things unfold from there. But, yeah, I'm just, you know, right now, obviously, he's got so much excitement being here and being a new, you know, new player here and a part of this team. And I'm just going to feed off that and, you know, try to make an impact any way I can. Listen, he's a smart guy. Isn't he? High IQ. Been there, done that. Gets knows it. the, you know, grew up in this area. So all of it is really lending towards a guy that can can certainly uh, draw the line between enough on my shoulders and when it's yeah. needs to be shared. Yep. Uh, to quote Bruce, Bruce Boudreau, you can't just want it. You have to go out and effing want it. Um, Sorry. Love that. You mentioned listening to, and reading. And Do you think any of the players listen to our show ever? No. I think they, I would coaches, highly, they probably watch hey. the clips that come up on Twitter. <laughs> I would highly advise not to. <laughs> well, none of them had anything to say to us at the Blue and White Gala, Kipper, so we're I think safe. they read stuff. Read well, stuff and see it on social. For the record, you hid behind me for most of the night. <laughs> no, it's hiding behind Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another fast two hours Damn. on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Our thanks to Derek Brandale. Sammy, Justin, and David. Um, sis. Yes. Boom. Bah. <laughs> Kevin Adams. Great he, having him on. He was very good. Gary Galley. Always fun with you guys. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe a thumbs up before we go off on uh, YouTube would be nice as well. Oh, I'll do that. All good. Enjoy the game tonight. We're back tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne.